At the beginning of the year, our colleague Melissa Korn got a tip about a student financial aid startup called Frank. A source of mine that I've known for many years flagged for me this lawsuit that had been filed back in December by J.P. Morgan in federal court. And it was filed against this person named Charlie Javis. And I did not know who Charlie was at the time, but my source said, hey, you might want to look at this. What did you find when you started digging into it? I cover higher ed. I write a lot about college admissions, financial aid. I was not particularly familiar with this company, Frank. And I assumed it was kind of a small player. But once I saw the dollar amount for how much uh, J.P. Morgan had paid for this company back in 2021, it was $175 million. This was clearly not, you know, a fly-by-night little operation here. Melissa dug into the court documents and started looking into what happened between J.P. Morgan and Charlie Javis's company, Frank. And she says... What began as a deal to get J.P. Morgan access to younger customers has ended with multiple lawsuits, accusations of criminal fraud, and the J.P. Morgan CEO calling the whole deal a huge mistake. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, April 12th. Coming up on the show, J.P. Morgan's $175 million huge mistake. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Charlie Javis is 31 years old and from the New York City suburbs. She founded Frank back in 2016, but she got her start as an entrepreneur in college at the Wharton Business School. Hi, I'm Charlie Javis, and I'm the founder of Power Up and currently a sophomore here at Penn. Um, she started an organization while she was in college that had to do with microfinance. We're lucky to be here with Power Up and really looking at redefining the way of doing good and redefining the way of giving by lending someone a hand, not just giving money. And then she tried her hand at a company that would measure people's creditworthiness. Uh, and she then realized that that's an incredibly regulated industry and very complicated and not really something you can just casually break into. And she laid everyone off. And then she moved over to Frank and decided that a real problem that needed solving was the financial aid process for college students. So can you explain to us why the financial aid process is a problem that needed solving? So applying for financial aid is notoriously complicated and stressful, and you are disclosing information about your own finances, about your parents' finances. If you're uh, an undergrad, usually you are sharing information from your tax returns, investments, things like that. Frank was sort of like TurboTax for financial aid. 
It would help students fill out the main financial aid form, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, or FAFSA. Here's Javis in a 2019 interview on CBS. So a student takes a picture of their tax returns, then we do all the tax math for you. So no math errors that can put you into very complicated verification, very simple language. We take a flow that might take hours with the federal government, and most students take four minutes with us. Frank's business model relied on fees for services beyond the FAFSA, things like helping appeal a financial aid decision. It's a kind of a concierge service for financial aid. Their message was, we're going to help make college more affordable for you. We're going to help you navigate all the different ways you can get financing to go to school. And Javis got a lot of buzz for Frank. She made the Forbes 30 under 30 list in 2019. When did it catch the attention of J.P. Morgan? So they had a pitch deck that I looked at from November of 2019. They had started kind of looking around, right? They had well-known investors in the early rounds. Uh, they had raised about $10 million in one round. And, you know, they, they had some backing from some big names. J.P. Morgan didn't enter the picture until spring of 2021, when uh, someone had forwarded an email to an executive there kind of saying, hey, you should take a look at this. Why did J.P. Morgan want to get into this business? J.P. Morgan was interested in this business, not necessarily because of the financial aid element or the college financing side of things, but more because of who the users were. Frank's users were young people applying to college. J.P. Morgan wanted more customers like them because those customers tend to stick with their first bank for a long time. Frank said it had over 4 million users. So J.P. Morgan and Frank sign some paperwork saying, you know, we're going to start the process of potentially buying you. That was in early July of 2021. And they started the due diligence process, which was essentially a bunch of lawyers and executives uh, in a conference room for a few days. Looking at Frank's books. Looking at Frank's books, right. So if you're going to buy something, you want to know what you're buying, right? So they had to open up their books, show quite a bit about their, their revenue streams, their growth prospects, all of that. And this is standard practice. Absolutely. Some court documents have uh, shared details about kind of the, the timeline in spring and summer of 21. And J.P. Morgan asked a lot of questions and said, well, how are you differentiating between a user and a customer, a website visitor, right? So at what point is this person connected enough to Frank that they're giving you their information? Because that's what J.P. Morgan was interested in. And when do they announce the deal? They announced the deal with a glowing press release in September of 2021. So they had done all the paperwork. They had looked at the books. They had, you know, said, okay, we're going to go forth with this. And was this a big deal? By J.P. Morgan standards, certainly not their biggest deal, um, but they paid $175 million for a company that had about 20 employees. And how did Charlie Javis react to the deal? Charlie was thrilled. Uh, she noted in an interview that this was the first time she had ever worked for somebody else, right? Because she had started her own thing right well, during college and then right out of college again. 
So she would walk away with some pretty handsome rewards, assuming she stayed with J.P. Morgan Chase for a certain amount of time after the deal closed, right? So there was a $20 million retention bonus and a couple of other kind of carrots along the way to ensure that this deal closed and that she stayed on and that J.P. Morgan was able to successfully use Frank's assets. And how did it go? Not so well. According to court documents, things started to go awry when J.P. Morgan sought to connect with some of Frank's 4 million users. The bank's marketing team sent out emails to 400,000 of Frank's customers, but a high percentage bounced back. And J.P. Morgan became suspicious that a lot of these email addresses weren't real. They were really quite shocked, and it was a bit of an embarrassment, and they were confused. Right, because they thought they bought this company with four million people, and all of a sudden, it doesn't seem like they're real. So what did they do? They started to investigate. They opened an internal investigation into Charlie and Frank more broadly. It lasts quite a while. They also look at uh, certain expenses that Charlie had and just kind of her general behavior and actions while she's been an employee there. And they looked through Charlie's emails and came across some truly shocking email exchanges that Charlie, another executive at Frank, and a data science professor had had the prior summer during those deal talks. According to court documents, Javis hired this data science professor to create fake users. So there's this email asking, hey, can you make up a bunch of lists for us? We need to have four million plus. And the data science professor said, yes, uh, I can do this. This professor allegedly used computer-generated information with details like names, birthdays, and, of course, email addresses. This kind of information is known as synthetic data. And Javis paid him $18,000 to make this list. You know, on Charlie's side, she says that it's not uncommon to use synthetic data, which is kind of what was built up in this list of 4 million plus people. So kind of using numbers in place of actual real figures. And that that's common practice in a lot of areas. J.P. Morgan did not see it that way. And they saw it that Charlie had fleeced them. J.P. Morgan fired Javis in November. And then things got really messy. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. 
after Javis was fired, she sued J.P. Morgan. She sought reimbursement for her legal expenses from the bank's internal investigation of her. And she said that she was fired right before she was eligible for that $20 million retention bonus. Within a few days, J.P. Morgan sued her. Not over the same things, but an entirely different lawsuit, an entirely different court, saying that Charlie had defrauded them in this $175 million deal. So all of a sudden it becomes this battle over exactly who's responsible for what costs. In her response to the court, Javis says that J.P. Morgan didn't understand the restrictions it might face on how to use customer data. And that J.P. Morgan's claim that she invented customers was just an effort by the nation's biggest bank to hide a bad business deal. As the two sides were duking it out in court, Melissa wanted to look deeper into these claims. She wanted to know whether there were early signs that Frank's operation wasn't as it seemed. And she sifted through archived versions of the company's website. So I spent many hours kind of getting a better sense of what Frank was, what they promised to offer, what they actually offered. There were reviews on Frank's website years ago, kind of in its early days, raving about the the service and thanking Frank for all the great work they had done for these supposed customers. So this one, uh, Kimberly Roberts of Wisconsin University, gushes that she sends hundreds of my students and their families a year to Frank for guidance with the financial aid process. First of all, Wisconsin University doesn't exist, and I could find no trace of this person, Kimberly Roberts. So there were a few like that. And did you find anything else? Yes, there were partnerships that didn't exist. So in a TechCrunch feature on Frank in 2018, the piece said that in addition to working with students, the company partnered with New York, Pennsylvania, and Texas to manage their state aid programs. I reached out to the state aid programs in those three states, and none of them had any record of such partnerships. Melissa asked Javis's lawyer about these things, and the lawyer's representatives didn't respond to the questions. What also interests me is just how J.P. Morgan didn't notice what I see as some pretty significant red flags. Things that I found just, I don't know, doing a search, looking at archived websites, I came across things that made me scratch my head a little bit. In a January call with Wall Street analysts and investors, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon had to answer for the Frank deal and what went wrong. Who's accountable when an investment doesn't go right, like the Frank deal or another deal? Uh, obviously, Mike, that's a very good question. Which we Diamond said that deals are done by individual businesses within J.B. Morgan. Uh, this was done by the Consumer Bank, and they would be held accountable. We, we are very disciplined, and you see that in a lot of different ways. You see in our leverage. And he said in a conversation, at one point, we'll tell you the lessons learned here. The people who are responsible are the people in the business. So if they, you know, if that business did the acquisition, they are responsible. They report back. Uh, and we expect people, when they talk to all of us, is the good, the bad, the ugly. We're never looking for, you know, how great everything was. And obviously this thing, in one way or another, was a huge mistake. A huge mistake. He called it a huge mistake. How often does a big bank like J.P. Morgan make a bad million investment. This is certainly not a common occurrence. You know, J.P. Morgan does a lot of deals. They have 
gone on a run of kind of smaller acquisitions around this time that they were looking at Frank. But to publicly claim that they had been defrauded, duped for $175 million, that is not something a big bank wants to do, right? They don't want to say that publicly. It's embarrassing. So this is something that they you know, couldn't just look the other way at. They couldn't just walk away and wash their hands of it. They decided that they felt they needed to sue to get the money back, and they were willing to disclose publicly how much they paid for it while suing. That $175 million figure hadn't been public before. And then last week, Javis was arrested on criminal charges. On the Justice Department charging uh, Charlie Javis with defrauding J.P. Morgan out of $175 million. The The Justice Department filing had a lot of the same information that J.P. Morgan's lawsuit filing had a few months earlier. It referenced those same emails to the data science professor. It went through some of the details of what Frank had told J.P. Morgan during the sale process. It went through what they say were efforts to cover up how many customers they had. Javisa's next court appearance is scheduled for later this month. She was released on bond. As for Frank, J.P. Morgan shut down the website earlier this year. It now says, quote, Frank is no longer available. To file your free application for federal student aid, visit studentaid.gov. All right. What a mess. <laughs> it's, it might be more complicated than an actual financial aid application. To be frank. To be frank. <laughs> yes, to be frank. That's all for today, Wednesday, April 12th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by David Benoit. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.